You're listening to the LaunchCast, your favorite podcast on the planet, brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. We're talking leadership, business, life, and growth right now as the countdown starts. It's like food for your ears. Hey, everybody, George Andriopoulos, your host here at the LaunchCast. I'm coming at you with a quick disclaimer before episode 322. This episode was originally titled When to Stand Up as a Leader and When to Get Help. The goal of this episode was to take a situation happening in my hometown right now. There's a pretty massive Board of Education election going on right now. It's really pivotal to incumbents running for re-election, to people opposing them, and... My issue in this very moment, and it's tough for me using this platform because I have never used this platform for anything but discussing leadership, talking about unconventional journeys to leadership, but I would be remiss if I didn't use this as a, a an ultimate case study for what it truly means to be a leader. And so we're going to get into the mechanics of this as the episode goes on, but First disclaimer is that just so you know, this episode was called When to Stand Up as a Leader and When to Get Help. It is now renamed to Fighting for the Very Soul of Farmingdale, okay? We're going to talk a lot in this episode about the events that have transpired over the last few weeks, few months, few years here in my hometown and Although, as I mentioned in the episode, this is a super micro view of one small town um, in Podunk, United States, right? Uh, we're, we're smack in the middle of Long Island here in New York. This is an example that I think rings true right now across the country. And it is so important to listen to this episode, to take note of what is happening out there, and to just open your eyes. I don't ever, ever, ever publicly get political. It's just, it's not my thing. These are private conversations that I typically have, but you know me, guys, I stand up when there is something going on. And right now there is something going on and I need to stand up for my hometown to protect my hometown. It's too important. It's too important. So I have to use this platform. I wouldn't be a leader if I didn't do it, right? I have these, I have this microphone right now. I have this setup. I have this platform. I need to use it in order to get word out there. It's my responsibility right now. And so a few, a few other disclaimers here besides the, the title. Um, this episode was supposed to be, I don't want to use the word vague. I want to say this episode was supposed to be a really generalized look at what's happening now in Farmingdale as sort of a case study, right? A case study of the effects of politics on local school districts, the effects of politics on parenting, the effects of politics on education, and so on. And so I spoke in this episode in generalities. I'm not trying to throw people under the bus here. People have personal lives. People have families. That's not what this show is about, nor will it ever be about that. But in this weekend right now, right, it is now Sunday night, 9.52 p.m. I put my babies to bed and I flew here to the office to hop into the studio because I needed to record an addendum to this episode because there are a few things that I wanted to include. There have been conversations being had 
this past weekend and, and more really over social media that have been super upsetting to me. Viewpoints on marginalized communities, words, and words are so important, guys. Please don't ever forget that. And that's why even though I have this platform, I am really measuring my words here. I'm being really careful of my words because I'm not trying to slam anybody. Again, that's not what this thing is about. But I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting. You guys know what this town means to me. And this will this is all a, a little bit out of context as you listen to the episode. It's a short listen. It's only about a half hour once you're done with this disclaimer. Once you listen to this episode, everything will be put into context and you'll sort of understand. I'm hurting right now because you guys know how much I care about this community. Uh, I talk about my little small hometown so much on this show because it is part of what built me as a human being and I will forever be grateful for it and I will forever fight for it, forever, no matter what. My kids are being raised here just like I was raised here. And so I have a vested interest in this community. Not only do I have two kids in the middle school at the moment, but I have uh, another one that'll be in the schools in three years and another one coming this week, this coming week, that'll be in the schools in another five years. So it is so important to me to protect this place that has protected me for so long. And because of that, I have to call bullshit when I hear it. When you talk about running a school district, when you talk about the people that are put in a leadership position, like a board of education, that is the lifeline between a community and a school district, and you start playing the politics game in that, I don't ever wanna hear, I don't ever wanna hear the words right wing and left wing in the same conversation as my kids. Get that shit out of your mouth. Never ever do I ever wanna hear that. I don't ever wanna hear that somebody has a political agenda when it comes to my kids' education and my kids' formative years. That's not what this town is about. That's not how it was built. That's not how we were raised. When you stand up in a position of power, in a position of leadership, you better be damn sure that you are standing up in an educated way and that you fully understand the responsibilities and the decorum that goes with this position. Elected official 101, don't you ever dare marginalize one of your stakeholders. And that's what I've been watching all goddamn weekend on social media. And let me clarify that I am not speaking about the incumbents right now, just to clarify. And you can come at me with my agenda and whatever bullshit you're going to come at me with because it's all false. All of it's false. I'm here for my three children right now saying this out loud for my three children because I don't want my children to ever be in a community where they become marginalized where they become the victim of political fodder. That's not how this is going to work. And I will do everything in my power to make sure that that doesn't happen. Everything in my power. And as a community leader and one that's been here leading, let me repeat that, one that's been here leading for years. I didn't just wake up yesterday like some people, one that's been here leading for years, volunteering, going to all the meetings, all the meetings, every one of them. When you cross a person like me, 
a person that has spent years educating himself by being involved and can shut down all your misinformation without breaking a sweat, good luck. I will make sure as somebody with a voice in this community that everybody in this community fully understands that you don't vet one piece of information that comes into your camp that you spew back to the public. People make you videos with little factoids about the budget that you don't fact check and you literally in that same instant reshare that, that's not what a leader does. A leader vets information. A leader vets information because you know what happens when you don't? You create dangerous situations. That's what happens. Don't spew out misinformation. You wanna stand up, you wanna run for a board of ed, you do it the right way. You speak to your stakeholders, you find out what's going on, what they're concerned about. You do your due diligence. This is the part you skipped. You do your due diligence. And then after you've done your due diligence and you check those facts and you make sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed, then you bring it to the public. Then and only then. Empty promises, fourth grade student council election type of bullshit, that's not gonna fly here. This is serious. This is serious. You're playing games with the most serious thing happening in our town right now. You come here and represent your kids and attempt to win us over to represent our kids. No way in hell will my kids ever be represented by you. Ever, ever, ever. So there's your disclaimer. It got George angry here, and I don't do this on the LaunchCast. I'm sorry to my regular listeners, but you've heard me passionate now. You've heard the anger that comes out when a parent is crossed, when you threaten the very well-being of a community's children just by offering your service. And so the rest of this episode, it is going to stay pretty generalized, but I'm going to do the right thing and use the proper, the proper channels to dispel the bullshit that you people are putting out there. Channels like the Meet the Candidates Forum, like the Board of Ed meeting. Enjoy the rest of the episode, folks. It's going to be a good one. At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Woo! Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the LaunchCast. Episode 322, this one's called When to Stand Up as a Leader and When to Get Help. This is going to be a serious one today, folks, and we're going to dive into it in a minute, but I'm so glad to see you guys again. I'm so glad to be here for another episode, a Tiny Soapbox Show episode. But first, it's the Launch Dad himself, George Andriopoulos, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. Leadership, business, life, growth, right now as the beat drops. Into the black hole.
What is happening, everybody? Back for another episode. George Andriopoulos, your guy here on the LaunchCast, your leadership guru. We're going to talk about some serious stuff today. Serious, serious stuff. So I'm going to dive right into it. This is going to be uh, it's going to be an important episode. I'm going to do some storytelling. It's a soapbox show, so let me get that 20-minute counter on there. There we go. 20 minutes or less. Let's go. So, man, where do I begin? There's some big stuff going on here in my hometown, my hometown of Farmingdale, New York, you know, the place that I I love. I talk about this place all the time, ad nauseum, probably for this podcast, because we're a national podcast, right? We're an international podcast. We are listened to in, at this point, I think it's more than 53 countries uh, we are listened to. And so um, this may seem very micro to you guys that are expecting that macro leadership lesson, but just go with me here. Let's have this quick conversation. I think this can be translated into a a much bigger macro level conversation if you really listen closely, um, because we've had a lot of similarities in the grander stage, the bigger stages out there. So very simply, there is uh, a school district here the school district that I came up in, I graduated from uh, the, the district that my two older kids go to. And my third kid, Joanna, my, my, my little girl, is going to be going to eventually. And we have another baby coming any day now, any day now, the third girl, the fourth kid. And she'll be going there as well, God willing, it's knock that wood. And I'm so proud of this place. This is this is a place that that raised me. And man, it's not perfect. It's never been perfect. But for me, it's perfect enough to offer to make it better, right? I think that's our responsibility as leaders in a community is that when we invest ourselves in anything, in a community, in a place, whatever, you know, we we find it important to give back to that place, to give back to that community, to realize that it's not perfect and that it can get better and that because we are so invested in this place we want to make it better let me switch cameras for those watching and get a little closer for you Oof, that's super close isn't it zoom out a little bit all right that's better you know it's one of those things where you you want to reinvest in a place you want to you care about the community that you grew up in you want to give back you want to give more you want to help it to grow i've been doing that for so many years man farmingdale raised me and i left here you know when it was time for college and 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 get married and the whole thing and and i left here for a bit for a minute and I, and i came back and i came back in a time that was really tumultuous in my life. It was a time that I kind of fell from grace. It was a time that I was having a rough time. I was going through a divorce, uh, career issues, and and I just, I needed a reset. I needed a restart button. And my community embraced me and lifted me. And and it's, it's because of this community that I am have become who I've become today. And I'm proud of the, the, the man that I am, the father I am, the husband I now am, um, you know, remarried now. And it's, it's because of Farmingdale. Farmingdale gave me the opportunities to, to step back, um, you know, get back on the saddle and, and take my life over again. And, and I'm happy with my path since then. And I owe it all to my community. I really, really do. I truly believe that. Um, you know, when when it was time to get back to work and I started my company, uh, Farmingdale embraced me, embraced my company, 
Um, and here we are almost 10 years later and, and we're kicking ass and, and I, I, I couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be prouder. I'm, I'm, uh, and, and this isn't a, a <laughs> Pat George on the back episode. This just, I'm just saying that it's because of this community, but it is very evident that there are issues in the community sometimes. And as a leader in the community, it's my responsibility to help remedy those issues, to help offer advice. And so I'm on, oh man, I've been on so many things. I've been on chambers of commerce. I've been on committees and groups and the legislative action committee for the school district, the shared decision-making committee for the school district, the the, the PTA. I just got invited today to a, an advisory board that I'm going to be joining. Uh, it's it's exciting stuff and it's hard, man. Like the, volunteering your time and, and taking time away from your family and your home time to, to be there for your community. It's tough. And I, I give so much credit to my wife and my kids for allowing me the time to take away from them and to give to my community. Um, and so that's just a brief description of what a leader does, right, within a community. And so at this moment in our community, we are in flux, tremendously in flux. We have a lot of stuff going on. There, there's a Board of uh, Education election coming up on May 17th of 2022. If you're listening to this before then, uh, if you're listening to it afterwards, I guess you will know what happens. And uh, over the last two years during the pandemic, we've had a rough road. You know, and this is across the United States, probably across the world, really. I don't know how things work in other countries uh, in terms of school districts and stuff, but I know that across the country, school districts, their their board of ed meetings have been bombarded by parents, you know, complaining about how things have gone during uh, the pandemic, decisions made, but like I totally, totally get it. And, uh, and, and board of eds have gotten pretty beat up over the last couple of years, and some deserved it, some did not. But at the very least, every board of ed needs to listen to their constituency, listen to the parents, the kids, the residents, listen to what they have to say. And that's what they're for. They're, they are advocates for the community, you know, within a school district. And, and that's how the balance of power works within a school district. And so in my community, there has been over the last couple of years, a lot of outrage over parental choice. The, the conversation was really centered around masks for so long until the mask mandates were finally permanently lifted. And then it switched over to, to parental choice, you know, parents choosing what is good for their children. And parents showed up to these board of ed meetings and they showed up in uh, uh, in big numbers and, and they showed up unified and with a plan and they spoke their minds. And, and that's great, honestly, like that's what this whole thing is about, right? You, you, you get up there, you have your three minutes on the podium, uh, twice a meeting, you get to speak. Um, you're allowed to share your thoughts. The, the district takes that into consideration. They have closed door conversations about what you offered and they try and come up with ideas, policies, whatever, to try and make the best situation for our students, our children as possible. And in the course of this last, let's say year especially, these meetings have gotten pretty out of hand at times and at times, you know, just a lot of discourse uh, amongst the public, which is good at a board of ed meeting. You need that. You need public discourse. You need people to be able to have different ideas and disagree and agree and whatever. And so, and now we, we fast forward to, to election time, right? So we have two board of ed spots up for re-election. I've been 
pained by a lot of these conversations. And I've had thoughtful conversations with some people that are, you know, pro parent choice. And by the way, to a certain degree, I am as well uh, in one conversation when we're talking about masks, once things were safe enough out there for our kids and parents had the opportunity to decide if their children were gonna be vaccinated or not when that opportunity arose. Once once we were in that situation and things were a little bit safer out there, I was totally pro-choice for masks. You know, I, I thought it was, you know, a little ridiculous that the state was dictating in every single area where masks should be worn, where they shouldn't. And I get it. But the conversation went a little bit further than that. And that is what at times became upsetting to me because, you know, there was a fine line that we were walking between ideologies on COVID, ideologies on the vaccine, ideologies on masks, ideologies on parental choice and government overreach and all that stuff. A lot of valid arguments there and conversations. And I'm always, always up for having these conversations with people. Uh, I think it's exciting to get different viewpoints and to be able to give people your viewpoints and, and debate. You know, it's a, it's a cool thing to do. Um, but at some point, the political agendas came into play. At some point, people were unhappy with what happened, you know, in the, in the United States presidential election and took it out on everything and everyone, claiming their freedom and freedom of, of speech and, and uh, freedom of choice and, and, and all these different freedoms. And, and again, yes, get it, totally get it. But there comes a point to me where when you're pained by an argument so much and you know that it has an effect on your life and the lives of your children and their experience in, in their day-to-day -day experience, where they live, where they go to school, that's when you have to stand up. And and people have stood up, you know, a few people stood up to to oppose uh, incumbents on the board and, and that's great. And, and at that point, I stood up as well. I decided that I was going to run for uh, a trustee position on the board of ed. I decided that I was going to put together a platform that was thoughtful and that I spoke to to people on opposite sides of, of the conversation. Got my petition, you know, here, I don't know the way it works elsewhere, but here you have to get, uh, get a petition signed by at least uh, 31 people um, in order to run for board of ed spot. I got a couple of hundred uh, signatures had hours and hours of thoughtful conversation with the beautiful residents here about what they're looking for, what they want, what problems they see, what things are good. I had days, days and days of thoughtful conversation with my family, and I decided to run. And I decided to run because I wasn't sure if the incumbents were going to be running again, one or both. And in that scenario, I decided that I would have to stand up. And by the way, it is not the right time. This has always been on my radar for years. In fact, I'm on the board of ed of a private school that I literally stepped down from as I prepared to run for this board of ed. So I made a lot of decisions here. I have a baby coming at the beginning of May, another baby, uh, which gives us two under two and then two teenagers. And, you know, it's a busy time. And so this was not the right year. This was not the right time. But when it comes to my community and my family, it doesn't matter, you know? I'll make it work. I'll always make it work and I'll give it 150%. So I stood up, I made that decision. I, I put a platform together, I did all that stuff and I was super, super excited. And then I found out that the incumbents were most definitely both 
running for re-election. And at that point, I took my petition and I tore it up. At that point, I made the decision that this district, for the last however many years this, this Board of Ed has been together, has been phenomenal. I realized that these two leaders running for re-election were the right choice. And although I would have been great in that position myself, I feel, um, my time will come. And right now I have no qualms with this board and how they run things. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of an insider because I'm on all those volunteer committees. And by the way, guys, I'm on those volunteer committees because I've been around the block. I've been doing this for years. I didn't just wake up six months ago and start going to board of ed meetings. And no offense to anybody on that, but I've been going to board of ed meetings for, man, my, my oldest daughter is in eighth grade right now. You know, I've been, been going to board of ed meetings uh, uh, on a regular basis for the last six or seven years, but for the last 10 years, um, for the most part, most board of ed meetings I have caught, but for the last six or seven years, I can count on one or two hands how many meetings I've missed, uh, not with, uh, uh, not counting, uh, of course, the, the remote meetings during the pandemic. Um, you know, and so uh, I'm, I'm in the know, I volunteer. I've been around, I volunteer for everything. And so I was able to establish relationships and and be around for when opportunities arose to be able to volunteer for committees that I am on. And so because of those committees, I do know how things work. I'm on the Legislative Action Committee. I know exactly how the budget works. I know how law and mandates have an effect on the running of a district. I know what a board of ed can do legally. I know what an administration can do legally. And I know what local legislators, lawmakers, politicians can do legally. I know whose hands power is in because of my experience over the years on these committees, right? And that's probably the thing that was agitating me the most over the last year or two is that you know, people are showing up to board of ed meetings with with daggers and pitchforks, not understanding that this isn't where your argument is, right? We're in New York, our capital is Albany. Go to the fucking capital and protest. Don't go to the board of ed meeting. These people are fighting for your kids, man. And and the the misnomer that people think these people are sitting on their asses, sitting on their hands behind a computer screen giving blank looks during board of ed meetings and do nothing. You have no goddamn idea what these people do. You have no idea the amount of work that goes in to being a board member behind the scenes in this district, just because they don't make a big show of it, just because they don't make a big show of what they do and make it this whole contrived thing. Make no mistake decisions are being made in the room where it happens. And the room where it happens is not that stage at the board of ed meetings, right? You know what? My 20 minute timer's up, but fuck that. I'm shutting it off. I don't care. The room where it happens is not the stage, right? That's not where things happen. It happens in executive sessions. It happens in these conversations behind the scenes. There is information that they are privy to that we as the public are not, right? And that they can't share because of privacy laws. And so... I know the work that it takes. I know because a lot of these board members are on committees that I am on, how much they fight 
for us, for our children, for our teachers, which are amazing, by the way. Amazing, amazing. I grew up here and they've always been amazing, but they're never, they've never been better than they are now. You know, and you talk about parental choice as as a as a a platform to run on, right? And so what what has transpired since then is I ripped up my my petition. I chose not to run. I chose to back these two candidates because it is too important. There is no way, shape, or form that we can ignore this election here in my hometown. And by the way, if you're listening outside of this hometown, translate this to your hometown, your county, your state, your country. It's the same conversation. By the way, by no means should you infer what my political beliefs are based on this. This is based on how I feel in the town that I live because I am a leader here. I am a community leader here, okay? And that's why I'm talking about this. Make no mistake that here in our school board election, there is nothing more important now than getting these two incumbents voted back in because the conversation on the other side is frankly dangerous, frankly dangerous. And I'm not down with that. And nobody should be. Here's the thing. Should you question things? Yeah, fuck yeah, question everything, right? But do your due diligence and your due diligence is not Google. It's not screenshots on Facebook. It's not memes. That's not due diligence. First of all, if you're gonna run for a board of ed election, know what you're running for. Understand the job. Understand what these people do. Understand the processes, the systems involved in this. All of it. Don't go into something blind. Don't go making blind claims. Empty, empty promises. Like, I feel like at times this is like a, a student council election in the fourth grade. Like, I'm going to get... And we're going to get a second slide and we're going to have lunch three times in a day and recess is going to be three hours long. That's not how this works, man. Empty promises are empty. And I'm so happy that I'm seeing the community actually zeroing in on stuff like this. It's, <laughs> it's parental choice is a very broad term. Now, should I have a say in choosing what happens to my child? Yes, absolutely. Should I decide my child's curriculum? No, no. You know why? Because I'm the owner of a business consulting firm and uh, a marketing agency and a, a um, podcast production company. Um, and I'm, I'm a public speaker. Pretty good one, I think. I'm a TEDx speaker, a TEDx organizer, an executive producer. I was in, in the medical industry for many years prior to this in the pharmacy industry as an executive. Besides that, it's kind of all I know from a professional basis, right? And so when we talk about curriculum, not even board of eds are choosing curriculum because you know why? They're not suited for that from a professional standpoint to choose curriculum. That's the state. That's people that are much smarter than me in terms of curriculum that choose that stuff. And there's a process that goes through. And is that process... Is that broken at times, you know, when we talk about state processes, federal processes? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Question everything. Question everything. I get it. I get it. But don't make bold statements when you are not, you are not credentialed or suited to make that statement. We are not suited to be lawyers if we're not lawyers. 
We are not suited to have conversations about curriculum if we're not educators specializing in curriculum. I trust our district that if something is going to come down the pipeline that does not belong there in terms of curriculum, in terms of a mandate, that they are going to stand up after they have done their due diligence and fight for us. I really do trust because I know this town. Now, if this was another town that I don't know well and I just moved there, whatever, yeah, okay, maybe I'll question it. And maybe some of these people are just new to this town and they don't know. I don't know. But the fact is that when you are choosing in that moment, if you are going to stand up as a leader and run for the Board of Ed, you have to make that decision from an educated perspective. Because sometimes you just don't agree with something and that may be time to get help. And that's to get educated in the process, to learn how to create change. Again, we're not talking about anybody's platform here, anybody meaning their, their opinion for their own children. You have that. That is yours to have. We're talking about getting up, standing up to try and create the change when you're not suited for that, when you are trying to impose your opinion on a stakeholdership of tens of thousands of people, right? So in, in our district, just to put this in perspective, um, this group that feels a certain way, I don't know what their true number is, but if we, if we measure it by Facebook groups and stuff like that, it's talking about five, six, 700 people. It's big, big number, right? I'll give you another number. 10,000 parents in the district, 38,000 residents in the district versus five, six, 700 people. When a board is choosing to hear your opinion, consider it and move in a different direction, understand that because you are the loudest, you are the bulliest, is that a word? That doesn't mean that you're right. Now you can, you can stand up and run, that's great. You can stand up and run to, to try and take over the board and, and I know there's a whole movement on Long Island and New York to, to take over the boards and whatever, it's politically charged, whatever. Whether this is that or not, I don't give a shit. What matters here in Farmingdale, in my hometown, is that we make the right choice, that we make the educated choice. This isn't a, a, a lobbying episode. I guess I'm supporting uh, two candidates here, which I've made public in my in my social media posts. I guess I'm supporting them and not supporting others. But in reality, that's really not what this episode is about. This is about opening people's eyes to the dangers in misinformation. I'm not going to get specific as to our town. Anybody who lives here, I'm sure knows a lot about this. I hope we do the right thing, my friends, my dalers. I had to get this off my chest. Tiny Soapbox Show, that's what these are about. Usually 20 minutes or less. All right, this is 30 and change. Cool. 32 minutes. I know we can do better. And this place is not perfect, but the people that we have in place are perfect to help us grow and get to the next level as they have been doing for the last 10 or so years. I just, uh, I believe in the leadership that we put in place years ago, and we need to let them see this thing through and grow from their mistakes and help us to continue growing and help our children to, con to continue thriving, not to put our children back in a closet where they can only hear limited thoughts. They can only hear what we think is the right thing. They're not going to learn unless they hear a lot of different stuff, right? 
And that's that's what this is about, opening our minds. You can translate this to, to your local level, to your national level. It works. Trust me, I tried the formula before this. I was plugging it in. I go, yep, that works, that works, that works. This checks a lot of boxes, this conversation, right? Do the right thing. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. The LaunchCast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, produced by Fabrizio Fugazi and executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Marketing and PR by Media Convergence. Theme song by Tommy Lungberg. Music and sound effects are licensed through Epidemic Sound. The LaunchCast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it, guys. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, the host at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or follow the show at The Launchcast Show on Facebook and Instagram, or at Launchcast Show on Twitter. Visit our website, thelaunchcast.com, and make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. We'll see you next time, guys.